Odyssey Richmond is the number one shop for all college basketball fans. We've got you covered. WRVA for UVA Hoops, 96-1 for Virginia Tech, WRNL for your VCU Rams. Midday host on WRNL 910 The Fan, Adam Epstein and his VCU alum friends will discuss the VCU basketball program weekly with insight, analysis, and interviews. This weekly podcast will be the answer for all Virginia Commonwealth Hoops fans. Call it! Call it! Call it! Call it! Call it! And this is the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. Welcome in to another edition of the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. This is episode 16. No more regular season. It's time for a playoff pod as the postseason begins with the 8-10 tournament starting this week. I will be in Brooklyn, New York for AWOD on the Road presented by the Red Door Guys. Three live shows. Check it out at Black Forest Beer, 12 to 3 p.m. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And I already know my guy Caleb Jones is making a trip. I'm Adam Epstein alongside Chris Mason, Connor Bailey, and Caleb Jones. Yes, sir. I'll be going up Thursday morning very early to make that 11.30 a.m. tip. And uh, honestly, this is one of my favorite weekends of the year. So I want to get more detail about your trip. Are you actually leaving at like 2 a.m.? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to leave at probably 3 a.m. I'm picking up my cousin in Ashland. Nice. And uh, then we're driving straight to Brooklyn. Um, Hotel accommodations are yet to be made. Going to hit up hotel tonight. I've used it uh, several times in other big cities, and it's worked out great. So... Yeah, um, and then I'm probably going to get an Airbnb, assuming that we win on Thursday. Are you a big drive-through-the-night guy, usually? Uh, if I have to. Do whatever, do, do whatever I got to do. So are you doing a sleep and then wake up early, or are you staying up the full night? Uh, oh, yeah, that's good my question. goal is to get four hours of sleep. I okay. want to go to bed at like 10 or 11. It's going to be hard, I can promise you that. I, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to be amped, because, I, like I said, I really look forward to this weekend. <laughs> I, I hear you, man. Question for me. You know, say you start you start rolling at three o'clock, start driving. You know, at least those first three hours, you know, are gonna be in the dark. What's what's you and your cousin's music choice gonna be during that time? Um, depends on if he's sleeping or not. Okay. <laughs> if, if he's sleeping, it's not gonna be much. It's just gonna be, you know, you know, I'm just gonna be looking at the road, I guess. But uh, once we get some daylight going, I'll tell you what. Once we get into Brooklyn, there's gonna be some nice old school rap going. Oh hell yeah! I'm talking like some Nas, like New York State of Mind, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm down for that. I, I like it. I feel like as soon as you get close, like my dad always uh, cranks up Sinatra when we're driving through Jersey, I like close that, to New York. Yeah. You know, and as soon as we get, as soon as we can start seeing the New Jersey stuff, you got to throw the Sopranos theme song on. Like Chris, yeah, Chris yeah. always does. Maybe a little Beastie Boys. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's me fun. To me personally, when I'm driving, when it's dark, widespread panic always gets me rolling when I'm when I'm driving in the dark. So that's All my right, suggestion yeah. to you. Yeah, I got a my travel plans is a six fifteen AM flight Richmond to Newark and get there seven forty five. So hopefully everything hey, runs smoothly and yeah. I just saw Newark got a new two point seven billion dollar terminal, so hopefully you're flying into that <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. Need that updated overnight. So, <laughs> so I wanna get everyone's initial thoughts on the bracket. The games begin Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. with Richmond UMass, then continues with St. Joseph's, Loyola, Chicago, LaSalle, Rhode Island. But, Chris, I know you were upset that it feels like the two-seed has the easier route to the finals. Yeah, just the Bonnies were we lost to at home. Davidson barely won at um, Davidson <laughs> and then um, beat them handedly at home. But just that group initially seems a little tougher than St. Joe's, Loyola, Chicago. GW, who we all, I just feel like that's a lot weaker teams. And then I'd rather play Fordham over 
the three seed Fordham over the number four seed St. Louis. So it feel, and a later game at five o'clock um, just gives some um, fans more time. They don't have to wake up at two a.m. or do six a.m. flights. It's just a, <laughs> it's just like a three a.m. drives. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they have some more time to get in there, and then it's night games all the time. So um, I know VC is a great team, but Connor, go ahead. I, I feel you on the uh, early start time. I've I've always liked what the uh, the Big Twelve conference has done. They're the only ones to do this. The on their their finals on Saturday, so it's Thursday. They're the one seed. Always plays at I guess it's three thirty. It's it, what's I think it's two thirty their time, three thirty our time. Their their earliest game, the one o'clock game, is the four five matchup. So the one seed always plays the early afternoon or the mid afternoon game. So I've always liked that. Um, from a matchup point of view, I do I do hear you. The, the gut reaction right away was, oh, you know, we got a tougher draw. I will say, GW handily beat Dayton. Back in January, well, and that's a team I don't want to play against in March because they have two guys that could go off yeah. for twenty plus. They, G, GW could lose to St. Joe's or Loyal, or they could make make it a Saturday. So do you hear you? The the gut reaction to me was actually the um. It, you kind of mentioned the three six. I um. I think Dayton. If Dayton makes it a Saturday, and this is just early reactions, I, I think they match up really well with Fordham or Duquesne. Um, whereas I think George Mason. It beat, just beat him in St. Louis. Just beat him the last week. So I do hear you on that. Um. So the, the gut reaction is, hey, tougher draws a one seed, but uh, bottom line, if you're Want to be the best team in the conference? You got to win games. Yeah, I hear that too. I'm siding with Chris on this. I think that this unfolded perfectly for Dayton. And honestly, I feel like this happens <laughs> a lot of years. But I, I'm well, a little uh, envious of this. Connor, draw. you were the one who told me, didn't only one one seed win in the last 10 years? We were talking about it yeah. on the last pod. It's like two or three two, over the last 10 years. St. Something. Louis, our first year we joined, 2013, beat us. We were a two seed. And then um, that's the only time in, in a neutral, neutral setting with the fans. Two years ago, Bonaventure as the one seed. But that was you know two games played. The seed, they, I, think they, I think they went Robin yeah, Center, Seagull Center. I'm not counting that game. So a little <laughs> different, um, but only two, two times. A lot of times the one seed doesn't even make it to the final, which is kind of crazy to me. So. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know St. Bonaventure Davidson. I, I, it's hard to pick that game because Davidson beat the crap out of St. Bonaventure. I just think that Mark Schmidt historically does really well in the A10 tournament. I think he's going to have his guys ready ready for Davidson. Um, and I think that you can you can scheme uh, Davidson pretty well and uh, overwhelm them with good defense. I'm actually on Chris's side here, and I, I think that what they were thinking, what the A10 was thinking, was that. Oh, yeah, VCU is the one seed, 11-30. They're all about giving the one seed the most amount of rest leading up to the Saturday game and then the Sunday game where, you know, I kind of like what Connor was saying about that one league, but I would even take it a step further and say your one seed should be the primetime matchup every single night so they can play in front of the best basketball environment with their most fans there. Like Caleb said, no one wants to get up at 2 a.m. and drive through Ashland all the way to New York. Yeah, and I think that's a major mistake in terms of uh, you know getting eyes on the number one seed. Um, I mean, no one's going to be watching basketball at eleven thirty during the week. People are working, um, so I think that, that that they dropped the ball on that. So um, this is the guy that's going to be there at eleven thirty. I'll do whatever I got to do. The, the sicko, sickos like me will be watching basketball, but I, yeah, no, yeah, I do yeah. Hear but you. I mean, we're you know, we're, we're the exception. We're not the norm. It, you know, it's a standalone first ten minutes that you got to realize. The first, first thing we stand thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, overall the, the the gut reaction is that hey, kind of a tough draw. I will say something kind of interesting. Davidson's the eight seed. Davidson has always made the semifinal of the A10 tournament. They've never missed a semifinal, even when they were nine seed in 2017, and they upset Dayton when Jack Gibbs went like absolutely nuclear in that one. Not ever won. They've always made the semi. So if they win, I, I hope to end that trend for them. So, yeah, I was just gonna say they're more big program names who, um, like Davidson and Bonnie's are always solid. Just what Connor is saying, but I have to remember this team's different. Like 
Kaminsky or um Menanga. Yeah, Menanga is still there, but like it's not the same team as last year, even that ran through the A tens. Have it's more like the name of the program that's um making me a little nervous than yeah. the actual team this year. Sure. Last thing I want to mention about the bracket, this would be a Connor question. What do you th- USA Network well I should say ESPN plus for the game nobody's gonna be watching the pillow fight game. USA Network for Wednesday, USA Network Thursday, CBS Network Saturday, CBS Channel 9, or at least Channel 6 here, I guess, in Richmond on Sunday. So for a long time, the first round, the first when I say first, pillow fight's pillow fight. First round's the 8, 9, 5, 12 and yeah. stuff. For a long time, it was always NBC Sports Network. At the end of 2021, so a little over a year ago, is when NBC Sports Network, it's not a channel anymore. So that's when the A10 moved all their games to USA Network because NBC owns USA Network. So for the, for over a year now, we've been playing games on USA. We play regular season games on there. Yeah, that is the only way the A10 can have national television. On in this case, it's Wednesday and Thursday, but typically on Thursday, and Friday, because ESPN, ESPN two, and ESPN you were booked on Thursday and Friday. Um, Saturday, we're fortunate we get CBS Sports Network. Can't get CBS. Big Ten has CBS CBS early in the day, the semifinals, and then as the night goes on, the Mountain West plays in the CBS title, and there's at least one other game. That's why the the Sunday they have a one o'clock window to be on Ash, actual CBS. They will not move off that. They will not move the title game to Saturday because they have the one o'clock CBS game. And as long as they have that, they're not going to move. So that's you know yeah USA Network isn't the most, most exciting. Thing. I will say Matt McCall, former UMass coach, is awesome. I think he's a good co- color commentator. And uh, Doctor uh, Doctor John G, is it Giannini the LaSalle? Head? Yeah, I think so. He's he's good too. Um, whereas CBS Sports Network had a uh, uh, former Maryland coach uh, Turgeon. We all said oh, yeah. he was kind of a snore. So uh, we'll see about that. But yeah, USA Network. That's that's what the A ten can get. So this is the Black and Gold Fan Podcast, an affiliate of the New Sports Radio nine ten The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. You can hear AWOD Radio twelve to three right here on nine ten The Fan. And I want to let everyone know Friday's show from Black Forest Beer. I'm expecting. I mean, I'm expecting it to be. Unbelievable, I, Caleb. Um, I want it to be like Colner Beer Hall or whatever that right. place is and, called. And that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking because for. Because yeah. if VCU wins Thursday, you're a guy that you already took off of work. What are you doing Friday? Uh, I have no idea. I'm certainly going to find some VCU fans to hang out with. And that's going to be yeah. at Black Forest Beer. And there's yeah. no t- talk about the bracket. There's no Friday games. Just FYI for everyone. So it's yeah. a free New York day. So like, absolutely go to the show. It is. It's really annoying when you're trying to plan out the whole weekend. If we do win, I think it's going to be. I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, a lot of lot more uh, Ram fans are gonna get there. It's kind of just gonna be a big party day, in my opinion. That's Absolutely. what I think too. So, uh, yeah, I think that 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 could be pretty sweet. Maybe yeah. maybe check out something worthwhile, um, like a zoo or something. I don't know. <laughs> big East tournament. Yeah, big yeah. East tournament. I, I was thinking night, about yeah. that Friday night. Yeah. So every week on the pod, we each have our own segment, and Chris Mason is the professor. Time's up, and the professor has arrived at classes with grades in hand. We're going to have recess all the time. How rowdy was the stew last night? Here to grade the crowd's performance, it's Chris Mason, Crowd Rating. So last episode, we talked about St. Louis game, the final home game of the season, and I did not expect to have a segment for a road game at GW, but Ram Nation showed out so strong, I had to give him a shout-out. That was an A-plus from a road game, impacted the game. The announcers even stopped mid-broadcast, said, I'm taking off my headset. There's all VCU fans. He was astonished by the um, support shown out in D.C. and Foggy Bottom. So um, amazing effort, everyone who went up there. And, um, yeah, I got to give that a shout-out because we're on such a big road streak. I forget the exact number. but Eighth straight win. Eighth straight win. So that's a huge factor. If you know you're going to have some support on the road wherever you are, Ram Nation will show up. So excellent job.
it's it's fun to see a road win, uh, you know, with a lot of VCU fans. And GW, I think I mentioned last pod, how I've always liked their, their camera angle kind of goes down. So the fans that are sitting in the section that are facing the benches, you can always see a bunch of, I mean, the amount of times VCU fans kind of put their hands up. Uh, it, it's just awesome to win a road game against a decent team. I mean, they're, they finished seventh place. They had a chance that they would have beaten us. They had a chance to uh, potentially tie for six top for sixth place and potentially or top for fifth place and be the sixth seed. Uh, so fun, fun road win to close up the year. And heck, we finished the year 24 and 7, 15 and 3 in the A10. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's incredible. I love seeing our fans shout on the road like that. Um, it's just kind of what, you know, Ram Nation's all about. Um, it's got to be super frustrating if you're a fan of that team sitting there, too, especially losing by, I don't know, I think it got up to like 16 at one point. Uh, one of Shriver's threes made it 19, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I think it's 4-3 made it 19. Yeah, so, I mean, just that's uh, a dry, you know, VCU fans kind of get a bad rap for being uh, annoying at times, and oh, I'm yeah. sure that that helps, but uh, – yeah, no, I mean, it's also what we love to do. But uh, this isn't a GW team in the last three or four years where they're garbage. This is a GW team that's got some excitement now, and I know they got the entire fan base together today to send them off to Brooklyn, New York. So where were they over the weekend? Not Nowhere to be found as VCU and Black and Gold was all over the television broadcast, and you can take a listen to the broadcast as they gave a shout-out to VCU. And look, this is, this is an away game for VCU. I'm taking off my headset right now. All I hear is VCU. VCU, the whole, this is the loudest it's been, and it's a way game for them. I saw someone tailgating out there outside of the gym. Just going to say, I made the, about a mile walk from the hotel over here. Spring is almost here in D.C. I saw a lot of VCU fans grilling out, tailgating. They said, hey, it's only a two-hour drive. Good thing to do on a Saturday. Also, want to give a shout-out to my dad who was at the game, but check oh. this out. You saw him on TV. Oh, Mike Epps. You just sent that. It was, oh, it was when Kern it was when Nick drink. Kern was cleaning up that yeah he cleaned up the drink and your dad's just sitting there next like by himself like yeah. it's kind of funny. Who was the lady? Who so and that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I got some inside intel. Oh. My dad was sitting next to Christian Furman's cousin. What? Oh, and she cousin. was salty that VCU blew the lead because she was telling my dad, "Oh, Christian's gonna get into the game. Ah. We're gonna get to see Big Firm." Yeah. But then the the Ram Nation lead disappeared. Uh, but I thought that was pretty funny, yeah. man. That's 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 awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's hand it off to the stat monster, Caleb Jones. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Let's hand it off to Caleb Jones, the stat monster. All right, for the final time, we're going to update how we took care of our three very important goals for each game, the first being having 12 turnovers or less. Um, We had 10 turnovers against George Washington, and Ace Baldwin had an assist to turnover, an assist to turnover ratio of seven to three, uh, so good outing from Ace. Um, our Ken Palm adjusted defensive efficiency uh, dropped a little bit to twenty two in the country, top twenty five, still great. And offense jumped up a little bit to one sixty six, which is in a you know better area than uh, than it's been. Um, the last thing fouls per forty for Jalen Deloach, he had three. So. Now that we've tracked all of these stats the entire year, I figured I'd um, you know, give us our average stats um, in each of these categories. <clears throat> so we averaged 13.7 turnovers a game this regular season. On offense. Uh, on offense. So that's you know two more than we were really looking for. Yeah, we got to be still, below 10 in my pretty opinion. Pretty good. I mean, and when you take into consideration how turnover-prone we were to start the year, I think against Kennesaw State or one of those bad teams – 
Um, well, I would love to hear the average without we, with Ace in the lineup. Yeah, that 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 certainly sways things too. But we had like twenty four against somebody that was like a, you know, top three hundred. I think it was or, Howard. I think Howard. It was we someone, a, and we beat them by terrible. like eight. Yeah. In Radford, we had like sixteen in the first half. Right. Um, yeah. But Ace had an assist turnover ratio of five point eight to two point seven, so a little over that two to one mark that we were looking for. So solid. Ace is liable to have an eight assist, ten assist game, and then he'll have some where you know it's just two and he has two turnovers. So, um, but for the most part, obviously Ace is doing a great job distributing the ball. Um, our Ken Palm adjusted defensive efficiency started around <clears throat> fifty, and the fact that we got up into the top twenty-five is great. Offense was a little more sluggish, but I think finishing around in that one sixty range is pretty solid, uh, given how well our defense is playing. Uh, fouls per 40 for Jalen Deloach. Obviously, we need him uh, for his rebounding, his defensive presence, and now his scoring. Um, he averaged 3.1 fouls uh, per game. So um, he's not fouling out every every game, which is great. And, uh, you know, he's gotten a lot more mature as the season has progressed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, aside from that, you know, the, going into the season, those were three just – things I thought that we could pick out and really pull from, and that would tell us how well we were playing. And I think that, for the most part, they, they did a pretty good job indicating how, how well the season was going. Well, starting to hit some three-point shots, shots is really going to help. I mean, Shriver hitting four, basically four straight in a span of like three minutes was unbelievable. And if, you know, the offense is so much better when we're hitting three-point shots. And, and really, even with just he's on the court, because yeah. it allows – the other guy is to attack the basket because the defense will not sag off him at all. Yeah, I mean, looking at just that GW game, we shot 46% from three, um, which, which is awesome. If we can do that every game, we're cooking with gasoline. Um, you know something cool about that three-point game in GW? You know, coming to that game, Shriver was right below. I don't know if it was Kobe Brea. It might have been Reynolds at St. Joe's. He was below someone in three-point shooting in HN games only. Yeah. Going, I think it was four for five or four for six in the game. Whatever his percentage was, he – is the A-10 three-point shooting champion. And, and right? conference only play, and it, he was he, he dipped below percentage-wise before that game. Uh. I don't think he I don't think he hit the most threes, but his percentage is the best solely because he went four for six against GW and player was. I think it was Reynolds at St. Joe's was below him. Yeah. So um, cool stat. Yeah, just focusing just on that GW game statistically, uh, four guys in double figures, and two of those guys weren't Ace or Jade Nunn, our starting backcourt. Um, so, again, you're seeing that depth on display. Um and Brandon Johns, awesome game from him, 17 and 10. Um, I mean, if we can get that presence throughout the next three games, I think we're going to have a, uh, a championship trophy to show for it. Overall, the fact that Deloach, you know, in, in out of conference by Deloach was foul prone. And I mean, heck, before the season started, you, we knew he was foul prone last year. He matured both physically and mentally all year long. And now he's, I mean, he's. Good chance. I think tomorrow we'll probably in the morning, either late tonight or tomorrow morning, we'll find out the coaches' votes for A10 all teams. It's probably gonna make third team, and he has kind of turned into, like you said, the, another score. Remember when I was on the three, three mid league pod back in January? They asked me how can VCU kind of win the conference or put themselves in a good position. And I said we need another third score. Johns has kind of always been there, getting eight to twelve points a game with Ace. The, the Loach is reliable. It's it's kind of crazy how much he's grown this year, and that's something that I've I've enjoyed watching. Yeah. He's, he's with, made with, a huge sophomore leap. Yeah, within the past, uh, I don't know, maybe two or three games, I think he's surpassed the 10-point mark uh, that he averages a game. Um, so now we have three guys in double figures. Did um, you see that there nice. was a report that he would be a 2024 NBA first-round draft pick? 
I've seen the. Yeah, there's that's, a, that's his friend, I think, that put that together. Oh no way! <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, that's pretty. That's pretty lofty. I mean, he made a huge sophomore I, leap. If I he makes think, the same leap, he will be hundred percent. I do think just looking at the guy, um, I think he's gotten bigger throughout the season. Definitely not taller. He's filled out. I don't think he's two fifteen. What he's listed at? Really, I, I think, think he's, he's gotten taller too. I think he's lost. Maybe a, he's definitely lost. I mean, he wasn't big body fat from last year. I mean, but the same I with David Shriver. We've got to give bigger. a shout out to VCU's athletic staff and their training staff for the way they develop these guys and they get them in the best shape of their lives every yeah. year. Put, after the whole season's on, let's get a uh, update from Roos on you know some, how some of these height guys, and weight and yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. That's a good. You know what? That's a great guest booking. I should work on that. Yeah, absolutely. This is. The Black and Gold Fan Podcast. I'm Adam Epstein alongside Connor Bailey, Chris Mason, and Caleb Jones. It's time to reveal our personal A10 brackets. I don't know about you guys, but Connor, I think we should start with the championship game and work our way back because I think we're all going to have the same championship game, at least one of the teams. I disagree, actually. I think we should start with the, the pillow fight games because they're the funnest games. It's always just boys and girls club, kids in New York, and like field trips. So I'm excited for that. But hey, what does what the consensus want to do? Let's start in the normal way, starting from the back, working towards right, the championship. kick us off. All right, so first up, Richmond, UMass. Uh, I have U of R. I got Richmond. Richmond. I got UMass. If, if, well, is Noah Fernandez healthy? He's, he hasn't played since like the first week of January. Yeah, I, but I thought Cross, he was getting back in the lineup. Matt Cross Matt is back. Cross is yeah, back, he, he kind of balled out against Bonham. Because Fernandez went off last year in the um, A-10 tournament. He did. He, he almost be, they almost I'm, beat I'm picking UMass, whether he's yeah. playing or not. Yeah, I mean, Frank Martin, he's yeah, tough, tough, I mean, tough coach. If, that's a great, great point the, there. Um, Good coach in March. Who, who won when they played earlier this year? I have no idea. Anyone? I think it was at Richmond. I think Richmond won. Okay. I think it was like right. Jan- I think it was around the time we played them. All right. So next up, St. Joe's, Loyola, Chicago. I have Joe's. Ramble on. I'm going. I'm going with Sister Jean. <laughs> going with the Blairs. S- S- you know, Sister Jean's on a. She, they said she's on a jet today to Brooklyn. I know. We're gonna fly, flying private. Yeah. They asked me if I wanted to. She's fancy. To join a press conference for her. it's like a closed door press conference. I said if I get a one on one with her, yeah. But if it's you know everyone. You can throw in questions. I'm not interested at all. Yeah. I'm going Loyola. Welcome to the A10. Uh, I say St. Joe's. Who you got? St. Joe's Loyola. St. Joe's. All so, right. Hey, so um, so far we got one difference on both of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. LaSalle, Rhode Island. I got Rhodey. Richmond lost to UMass 85-76. Oh crap. Oh, yeah. Okay. The game was at UMass. Okay. And okay. Uh, Luis had 23. If he's uh, he's pro- if he's not going to be freshman of the year, he's going to be the second second place freshman of the year behind Max yeah. Edwards. Um, I'm going Explorers. Rhodey. It's where Rhodey's played really well against good teams and looked kind of awful against bad teams. So that's kind of a decent pick. I'm I'm going LaSalle though. I think I think yeah. I think I think the dump. I think Fran Dumfer gets a win tomorrow night. Okay. I got Rhodey. Yeah. I like Rhodey's guards when they get going. They can be pretty good. I like Rhodey in the upset in that Ooh, one because okay. their guards are. I think their guards are better than LaSalle. I remember LaSalle coming to the Stew for the first conference game of the season. It was December 31st, and I felt like their point guard was a little chunky. Yeah. Just me. Okay. All right. Um, Anyone all right. else notice that, or was I the only one looking at his weight? That was. I, I, think, I think that was you. I was already drunk. It was New Year's Eve. I was, I was drinking on New Year's <laughs> Eve. But hey, that's a pillow fight's gonna be fun tomorrow. But yeah, keep keep, right. keep rolling on. Yeah, the not, first not round. to steal Adam's MC Thunder, but uh, Davidson Bonnies. Uh, we put the pillows away, and the real guys start playing. I got uh, the Bonnies. I'm going cats. I think um, I, Bonaventure. It's funny. Bonaventure's best is probably better than Davidson. Bonaventure's worse, in my opinion, is definitely worse than Davidson. One fun fact about Davidson: the seven teams, seven teams ahead of them in the standings. You know what their record against them is? Seven and a. Uh, no, again, uh, we, uh, we, we beat them twice. <laughs> ahead of them, it's one and nine. 
God. They are they went they went. So basically, six. they beat every team yeah. that they're. They went zero and six against VCU, slew Dayton. Uh, one zero uh, and one against George Mason, so that's zero and seven. Uh, Owen, uh, do can they beat? So it's one and seven, and they lost to GW. That's one and excuse me, one and eight. So um, that's a good try. I'm going. Da- because, I'm going Davidson. I'm because going this is very irrelevant to us, uh, obviously because we play the winner. I would want to play Davidson. I I w- w- reason why I'm picking Davidson. I think Bonaventure's best can beat a team like BC or beat another team. I think Davidson, their <laughs> best is still. It's just it, there's a reason their Ken Palm's always been 130 or 140. Their defense, their offense and defense is like 131. It's not bad. It's just kind of it kind of is what it is. I I just feel like Bonaventure's backcourt with uh, Luke, Luck or Luke or whatever his name is and uh, Banks. Those guys are shifty enough to deal with our athleticism. I don't think that Davidson really has well, that. Straight up, they beat us. I mean it that too. To that, that too. Um, and obviously, like, I just feel like we kind of both times we played Davidson, we overwhelmed them. And uh, I, I hear you. Ace had a terrible game the second go round. I mean, no, he didn't. He had a pretty good game. Hit that game. He, he played poor. But, he played poor defense. Yes, <laughs> there we go. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. So you go Bonnie's, yeah, Bonnie's Davidson. What are you going, Chris? I'm going Davidson. I think Menanga is a big game. All right, two two because I'm going Bonnie's as well. George Mason, UMass. I'll start it off this time. I'm big on the Patriots, man. They're, if you look at who's playing some of the hottest basketball in the A-10, George Mason would probably be in the top three for that discussion. Josh Adoro is a big guy that I think will play well in March, and I'm looking at Mason to win easily against UMass. Yeah, they're playing well right now, and they just got Ticket Gaines back, who I think adds a whole other dimension to them. And he, he plays good defense. Um, I got Mason in a, uh, in a landslide. I got Mason moving on to the quarters as well. This is my sleeper. I have Richmond making the <laughs> little little magic from twenty twenty two. I think they turned it on. That They're, would be good for the city. How about yeah, that? Inspired by their coach. But, Man, yeah. imagine if you had VCU Thursday at eleven a.m. Richmond Thursday at two p.m. That'd be a lot of people from the eight oh four in Brooklyn, New York. St. Joseph's against G Dub Wednesday at five p.m. Unless you had Loyal Chicago, I think G W gets the win here. I got G W. I will say one thing. So I picked Loyola, but GW St. Joe's that score is probably gonna be in the 90s if they play each other. It's not a lot of defense. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. But I picked Loyola to beat St. Joe's. I'm I'm gonna go GW as well. I think they I think they make it to the quarters. Same. I got GW. Duquesne, Rhode Island. Duquesne is my sleeper team. Watch out for Trey Clark. Watch out for Day Day Grant. Watch out for Duquesne because they can just score the ball. Yeah, I got I got Duquesne. They got some depth too. They're, they're good. I got the Dukes at LaSalle. I think Fran gets his one Pillow Fight Friday win, or Pillow Fight at CAH. I'm thinking of the CAA days, Pillow Fight Friday. It's Pillow Fight Tuesday now. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I got Duquesne as well. Yeah, Iwad, we're on the same wavelength with the Duquesne sleeper picks. So I got them. We go to <clears throat> Thursday when the tournament really begins. VCU against what I have is St. Bonaventure. I got the Rams winning that one. Uh, I mean, it will ruin my weekend if VCU loses. Yep, that make four of us. <laughs> I got VCU too. I got I got us playing Davidson. I think the first half is going to be ugly as hell. Probably like a twenty-eight to twenty-six game, eleven thirty game. Davidson's whoever we play has already played one game there. I think we st- uh, show up kind of slow in the first half, take it away in the second half, win by about eight or ten. Connor, I'm going to argue with you there. VCU got knocked out of the tournament last year in the first round. We're not going to have a sleeper again. Coach Rhodes is not going to let us come out of the gate slow on Thursday. We will have a double-digit halftime lead. Wait for my final thoughts. I got you, what you just mentioned. I got some extra. We'll, we'll chat a little more in the final thoughts. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> last last year was not a fun, not, not a fun one for me either. What he you, just teased everyone. Hey, hey, wait till the final segment of the what show. Uh, here. What do you got, Chris? 
Yeah, thirtieth birthday Thursday for oh, me. Yeah, so, oh, what? Yeah, uh, so oh boy, it will absolutely devastate me if we lose. <laughs> yeah, I know. If I take a six a.m. flight and then we lose in Brooklyn, <laughs> and I have like three days to kill in New York. So I got the Rams winning. All right. So the next round, I have George Mason against St. Louis because I have George Mason as my five seed upsetting UMass, and I have G- George Mason winning again over St. Louis, and I look at the big man matchup, and I don't like St. Louis's big man as a guy that can guard Josh Oduro. I think he gets in early foul trouble. I actually think Jake Forrester, who played more against VCU, would be the better matchup for them against Odoro. I think he's quicker uh, than Okoro, but I have Odoro and George Mason and Polite and Victor Bailey winning that game. I like the pick. Um, so I did a little deeper dive into how St. Louis played against these three teams. You know that they lost to Richmond, they lost to UMass, and they beat Mason by one at home. Mm. Yeah, it was it was uh, that Uri, that whole Yuri got called on the foul at the last second shot. Yeah. it was like the first second. They, got, they were lucky. Yeah, Mason oh, yeah, was up. Mason the, was up uh, eight. The screen. Yeah, the, the, oh, the baseline oh, screen. They, they ran the, the Will the Will Wade special. Yeah, they they missed that call. <laughs> yeah, Mason in all by all accounts should have won that game. Or they should have taken free throws. Taken two free throws. Yeah. And with that being said, though, so, but with that being said, <laughs> I'm taking St. Louis. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean St. Louis obviously a good team. Um, you know Adam. So I'm, I'm picking Mason as well. I think it's gonna be a tre- oh! I think it's gonna be a trendy pick among A10 teams. Um, I look at the two last two games that St. Louis has played against Mason. One of them was last year, so they've only played them once a year. Last year was a game in February at uh, at Eagle Bank Arena, overtime game where Yuri Collins hit a runner to beat him by two. This year they lose one by one. I think Mason gets off the schneid against St. Louis. I do not like St. Louis. I don't. I think. I think Mason is an awful matchup for St. Louis, especially with ticket day, ticket gains getting back defensively. I think Mason. The four or five game is always a fun game. Last year, uh, uh, Bonaventure St. Louis was an awesome game, but uh, Bonaventure swept St. Louis last year, kind of handily. St. Louis Gibson Jefferson has a big game. I think that vice versa this year. I think Mason moves on to the semis. I got slew over Richmond in my pick. I think the Billikens get the W. So I, I think you know part of the reason why I'm picking George Mason is because I think guys from St. Louis are starting to regress to the mean. This is a team that was tied for the one seed probably three weeks ago. They've lost a couple games. I think we've we've seen Yuri Collins is a great ball handler, a great passer, not a great scorer. And I think defensive have started to play him differently because of that. I think uh, Gibson Jimerson is not as good a three-point shooter as he has been throughout the season. He basically just chucks it up without even looking at the basket. I would not want him on my team shooting threes. That's just me personally. I want a guy who has a better follow-through. Yeah, I'm not going to bury St. Louis because I do think that Jimerson and Pickett can get – not Pickett, uh, Perkins can get really hot. And then they got some good role players like Okoro. He's a really good rebounder. But I think that we kind of laid out the blueprint for how to beat them and detonate that bomb with Yuri Collins. Like, if you just deny him the ball and chase him all over the court with length and athleticism – They can't set up their you offense. You disrupt everything. And, yeah. uh, I mean, yes, the sec- the game at the Siegel Center was pretty close – but the entire time, I felt like we we got this. Um, I was never I, worried. Yeah, I felt like we put together a pretty good game plan. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the recipe for beating them is out there. And I think we might be sleeping on the fact that George Mason plays Wednesday. There's going to be a lot of people from Fairfax, Virginia. All right, shout out to the By George podcast. When I make fun of them. I like to call them Boy George. But uh, they'll be up there for the tournament covering George Mason. 200 fans tops, Mason. 200 fans tops. How many do you think will be there for St. Louis? Uh, five hundred. 
What oh, about VCU? Oh, oh, dude, I would bet money With that, that it's at least closer like 300, 400. Yeah, that's bad regardless. Mason will have minimal fans on when at least on Wednesday. Thursday they might have a couple fans. I don't I think I you're bet. sleeping on the fact that they've got a new coach and they've kind of revitalized the program a little bit. All well all your all your Mason friends have kids, too. So I don't know. Well, one of them is making it, right? <laughs> yeah. They're they're bringing four people up for the podcast. That, that's kind of cool. I'm just saying Mason fans in general. But yeah, St. Louis, they got to fly there or they got to drive 14 hours. What's so. the um VCU prediction fan-wise for that's a, Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, Connors, Thurs- based bet, on your scale. I bet we could have a, about about 1k on Thursday. I think yeah, I think one one thousand is very doable. I think that if we win, we're gonna have two, two thousand, three thousand plus. We yeah. might have three thousand on Saturday. I'm gonna go about six, seven hundred on Thursday. It's like you said, that eleven thirty AM yeah. unless you're driving all night or unless you booked a hotel for Wednesday night and you came up the night before, you're just not gonna be able to make that game. I, it'll be us in Dayton. Like, the the like only other the only other team is a one seed that could have as many fans on Thursday in Brooklyn. I think it's probably Saint Bonaventure. That, that 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 could compare. I don't think Dayton would bring that many fans to a 11:30 a game on Thursday. I think oh, Bonaventure is the other one. Yeah. So the next up, I have Dayton against G Dub. I think Dayton easily gets the win win in that one. Yeah, Dayton cruises. Um, I like Dayton as well. I think if Dayton on their side of the bracket, if they get beat, I think it. Ha- I think there's a better chance it happens against GW than it would in the semifinal game. I think if Dayton makes it to Saturday, they'll they'll cruise to the title game. I got Dayton winning over G Dub. Duquesne against Fordham in my bracket. Connor, how many people from Fordham do you think would be at that game Thursday night prime time? So they posted a, a picture on Twitter. That it was a coach, formerly former Mason coach Paulson, Dave Paulson, is assistant at Fordham. Him yeah. and someone else. There was a line out the door um, at Fordham. I guess it was either, it was either Rose Hill Gymnasium or like an athletic center, some, somewhere with this box office. There was a line out the door today with students claiming their student tickets for Thursday night's game. I think there's going to be some Fordham fans. I bet. I'm no New York genius, but, I mean, Brooklyn to parts of Manhattan is about a 30-minute ride to the Bronx. I bet it's probably about an hour subway ride, probably two two different two different trains there. I bet they could have a good student section, probably similar to, like, a Bonaventure student section where everyone's absolutely, you know, hammered. That's all I'm going to say. I, I got a feeling their students going to be rowdy, but I, I think they could have, a, you know, a couple hundred students there. Yeah, so Fordham, Duquesne, I'm basing this one off of the eye test, all right? Duquesne, I saw them play, VCU on the road, they had a 20-point lead. Fordham at the Seagull Center, I felt like for the entire 40 minutes, they didn't know what was going on. They weren't playing basketball. It was handball or pickleball or some other crap (laughs) out there. They did not look good. I can't pick them in, in March because of that. I'm going Duquesne upset. Yeah, I think straight up Duquesne's a better team. I, I like Fordham. <laughs> you just ruined my surprise there. It's a six upsetting a three, but you just said, oh, it's just a better team. Uh, Sorry. You explained it well. I guess I did. Uh, I think it'll be a fun game. Good match. Probably, probably just right about a pick them on a neutral site. I mean, their 10 bombs are within like 15 spots of each other. Um, I like Fordham. I think Fordham's going to uh, – they can find a way to bu- kind of bully ball Duquesne a little bit because they kind of – you mentioned they're, I mean, they're, they have a top on their defense. They, uh, they, they, they play rough outs. I think it's going to be a fun game, fun environment. I think Fordham moves on to the semifinals for the first time in a long time. Maybe, I got, maybe the first time ever, honestly, because they hadn't won this many games in a conference in their entire program's history. They, 93? The last time they made the tournament, they were not They were in the MAC, the MAAC that Iona's in. They weren't even in the A-10 in the early 90s. So, Yeah, I'm with you, Awad, exact same analysis, that Trey Clark stealing and throwing it off the backboard and dunking. So I got – that's images in my head. So I got Duquesne as well. So we look to Saturday, 1 p.m., and I think Connor and I are on the same page here for us. The matchup is 
two teams from the state of Virginia, VCU against George Mason, and I got VCU winning in this one. I do think it'll be a close game uh, because of their post-presence, but I do expect VCU to win this game when it's all said and done by at least six points. I don't think it's a buzzer-beater type game. Yeah, I'm uh, I hate... I hate a game, or I hate that we have to play someone three times in a season. Last year, we we had to do that against Richmond, and it didn't turn out so great. But I think that we have the recipe to beat St. Louis, and I think that we do just that. You know, I was I was playing George Mason, and um, regardless, we were playing St. Louis too. I um I I think the four or five seeds, St. Louis and George Mason, do not match up with, well with VCU. Now, granted, ticket gains wasn't available, and a polite was a last minute scratch against us as well. I just don't think they they match up that well with us. Um, I, I still don't think St. Louis matches up that well with us. Whereas I think George Mason matches up very well with Dayton. That's why I'm, I think Dayton got lucky not being on the same side as them. But yeah, I think we move on and move on to the title game. Same. I've um, yeah, I have VCU over St. Louis. Uh, I think they're the better team. Second half of the Saturday schedule, 3.30 on CBS Sports Network. I have Dayton against Duquesne. And I will say, if Dayton makes the championship game, I think they win the whole thing. That's just not a great matchup for VCU. Their size, their length, their athleticism, the fact that they play maybe as good defensively as VCU. But I've got Duquesne upsetting them just because it's my pick of the tournament. And like I said, there's every single year there's an upset that surprises everyone, unless it doesn't surprise Caleb Jones. Uh, I've got Duquesne over Dayton. No, man, that's a big one. That, that surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. I got Dayton. Okay. And they, they, uh, Duquesne and Dayton play each other. They haven't. They played like the week between, uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's. It's been a while. Um, you know, I, I got Dayton and Fordham matching up. I think Dayton uh, is an awful matchup for Fordham. Um, so I, I think Dayton wins by double digits against Fordham. And like Dayton, they have the talent. They've kind of slept walked through a while, but on a neutral court, I think they can they can win some games against inferior competition. I got Dayton over Duquesne. I think um, Duran Holmes will go off this tournament. They'll get back on track and go on a little run here. All right, so for the championship game, I've got VCU cutting down the nets after a victory over Duquesne. I absolutely hate saying this. Uh, I have Dayton winning. I, I I hear you, man. I, Dayton, That's just me being fair. I mean, unbiased. I did just say a minute ago, if they make the championship game, they win. You did. And, um, yeah, I they just they have our number, I Hold think. Hold on, but you have to uh, classify this. Does VCU lose and still get into the tournament? Um... It's, it's that's more of a it's more of a possibility than people actually think. Okay, but I think no. The fr- oh. the frustrating part is all you know. You look on bracket matrix in a lot of places. They VCU's just plugged in as a 12 seed as a as a fill in because they're leading the conference. So you have no idea what anyone thinks about their at large profile. Um, for a while, I've said I mean better part of February. And again, Dayton has some major problems. They've looked awful at times when they play. I've said for a while that I think if Dayton makes it to Sunday, I mean. The, for six weeks, I've said if Dayton makes it a Sunday, they win the title, and I'm just, I think I'm going with the homer pick. I think VCU rallies for uh, for three games. I think our, our hardest and most difficult game and most stressful game is that uh, that uh, game against the eight nine seed. I think we win the eight ten tournament. I agree with Caleb. I've Dayton over VCU, and with AWOD, if they make it, I think they'll cut down the nets. They're preseason top twenty five, and they can. Um, I think they'll put it all together. Unfortunately, and. To have a shot at an at-large, VCU has to make the championship. If they lose semifinal, first round, absolutely out. So to have any slim chance without uh, to get an at-large, they have to make it to Sunday. Yeah, I think the at-large hope really just boils down to how much respect people actually have for the A-10, which I think they should. I think the league cannibalizes itself year after year. The out-of-conference wins weren't great, 
but no one will schedule A-10 teams. It's a trap. It's a trap. I mean, you've heard these coaches all. In Chris the, Mooney. The, Mooney, yeah. mm-hmm. all of them. I mean, Rhodes will, Rhodes will say it. Um, I don't think he even really likes to talk about it because it sounds whiny, but like people will not play A-10 teams unless you get into a multi-team event early on in the season, and that's like where you get your, your good opportunities. And we went one and one in the one that we had. So, And Pittsburgh's a good win. I, I'm not going to sit here and make a, a monster case for VC getting an at-large, but I think that if you put them in the tournament, they, they, they have a good showing. So if you want, you can send us your A-10 bracket on social media at Black Gold Fan Pod, an affiliate of the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein alongside Chris Mason, Caleb Jones, and our Throwback Thursday host, Connor Bailey. This week in VCU basketball history. Every episode, Connor will break down a memorable game in VCU basketball history that took place during this week in time. It's conference tournament time, so I'm doing a little duel, uh, duel this week in Ram History 1. Uh, first one, uh, we're, not, we're in the A-10 now, but our former conference was the CAA. And the most memorable moment in the CAA for me was 2007. I was in eighth grade. Uh, VCU went 24-6 and six in the regular season that year under first-year co- first coach Anthony Grant, now coach of Dayton. Um, but we went 16 and two in the 810. Kind of rolled through the 810. And, and Caleb remembers, you know, our you know our offense was 18th in Ken Palm that year. 18th. Damn, that's yeah. crazy. Defense was like cl- closer to 100, but uh, it was so much fun. You know, we had a couple seniors and Jesse Pellarosa, BA Walker, sophomore guard from Rayford, North Carolina, Eric Maynard, but fun team. Though we were not the favorites going into the CAA tournament, ODU finished second that year, a game behind us, 15 and three. They actually had a rote. The reason why they they were a game below us, they lost at JMU. You were in school then. They lost at JMU that year, and JMU stunk. Yeah, that was like the Dean Keener era, like stunk, stunk. Yeah. Um, but uh, ODU was the favorite. They played the they were playing the best basketball in February. We had just lost a bracket buster game like nine days before that against. Remember who it was against at home? Um, oh, Bradley. Bradley, yeah, Bradley came here and shot the lights out of the ball. They had just made the Sweet Sixteen the year beforehand, but we lost to them. We lost to ODU recently. ODU had a big win at Georgetown in December, and ODU ended up receiving an at large bid. Um. You know, uh, spoiler alert, they didn't win the CAA tournament that year. They received an at-large bid as a 12 seed. But, um, you know, we, we kind of went through the tournament. We beat Georgia State in the first round, then beat Drexel, who was uh, one of the first few teams out of out of an at-large. But we played George Mason, who was the sixth seed. George Mason went 9-9 in the, the CAA that year. And uh, George Mason was fresh up a Final Four run, but they lost some seniors and stuff. But they got hot for a few days. They beat JMU as an 11 seed, beat Hofstra, who was the three seed, good Hofstra team, and then hammered ODU, who was the two seed by, like, 16. So we're playing Mason, and I don't know if you remember this, Caleb. It was an ugly basketball game. We're down four at the half. We shot a cool – you thought some of our three-point numbers are bad this year. We shot one of 12 from three that night. Uh, trailed 57 to 52 later um, with about two minutes to go, and uh, we closed on a 13-2 to two run. Eric Maynard had an and one. Uh, he had two steals in a row, an and one. Got another steal, tied the game, had a bucket. Daryl Monroe for George Mason on a rebound uh, grabbed Maynard's. Remember, he grabbed Maynard's jersey and yeah. got, a, got an intentional foul. And we, we closed on a thirteen to two run. It was it was the Eric Maynard show, and that was kind of his coming out party. Um, awesome game. I'm, I'm gonna mention another game in a second. Who off the bench had a really good game that night for us? It was a big guy. Big guy. Um, not Will Femini. No, Will Femini was a starter that night. So Will Will Femini had uh, he had thirteen points and eight rebounds. He had a good game. It's a, it's a big guy off the bench. He played here for a couple years. Kirill. No, nah, he wasn't there yet. It's a, uh, this is a flashback Friday, man. Um, give me like a number. I believe he was number thirty. He was a center. And he lives in California now. Um, 
He lives in California. Our friends yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> hey, Chris, they, you got it with that uh, guess? With that clue? Or oh, yeah, uh, track where they move. Yeah. After they I don't know. I don't know. Calvin Rowland had 12 oh, points on the bench. I loved then. Calvin, Calvin was, he, he tore his ACL one year and missed, missed some time. But he, yeah. was the, he was the big guy off the bench. Maynard had 20 points, um, four assists. But it was a bad shooting night. We came out of nowhere or in the second half. George Mason ran out of gas. It was four games in four days. But awesome win. And then, you know, about I guess about 10, 11 days later, we beat Duke. Uh, but that was my the coolest CAA tournament memory because I was in eighth grade. I'd broken my wrist like six weeks before that, so I just got my cast off that week. But that was the first year my dad, my brother, and I got the whole CAA tournament package. Usually we would just try to go to one of VCU sessions. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I missed that place. So that's my CAA memory. My A-10 memory, and it's not a championship. It's actually just one game. But it was our senior year, 2015. And uh, you guys remember, we're the five seed that year. We're, our RPI, this is 2014, 2015. In January, our RPI was four for like a week. We had, you wow. know, we, we beat Oregon in the out-of-conference on up in Barclays in, in the Legends Classic, like we were in this year. We beat uh, Cincinnati on the road. It was an eight seed that year. So we had these big, good out-of-conference wins. Um, beat Northern Iowa at home as a five seed. So that's three huge and wins. And that Oregon game in the Legends Classic, did we lose the next game? We lost to Nova the night beforehand. We led, Yeah, because I was there for both I was in my. I was in the Monday night. It was the week before Thanksgiving. I was in a Monday night, 7-9-40, and we led like 36-34 maybe. It was like two points in the second half. Nova hit five threes in a row in five straight possessions. Um, but we beat, you know, we had good wins. Um, but unfortunately, Bronte tears his ACL. I think we closed out the A-10 season three and six. I want to say, uh, including that Richmond first Richmond loss, but we went twelve and six, finished top for fourth. Richmond swept us, so Richmond was the four seed. We were the five seed. Um, remember that Fordham game, the first game, we were like down six with like seven minutes to go. Fordham was the twelve seed. We come back and win. I know. I think you were on the bus with a lot of students. I was were, at that game. Yeah, I was, I was there, but I think Chris and a lot of people were taking the bus up that day because they were, they did the whole student pass, but like right, pay fifty dollars to go to the whole tournament. And y'all y'all were texting me like, "What happens if we lose?" Yeah, we kind of pulled out <laughs> on our butts. Um, the Richmond game were anxious. We just gotten swept that year, and uh, Richmond was back and forth a while. They took a six point lead late, um, but the big play we cut it to one, and there was an offensive rebound. Melvin Johnson or Mo kind of throws it to Melvin Johnson, and Melvin kicks it to Dougie in the corner, and he takes the lead, a two point lead on a three, about two minutes to go. T.J. Klein gets a layup, then we go down to Mo. Mo gets an and one. There was a big play late in the game. I think we led by three, and Kendall Anthony had a fast break. He could potentially cut it to. I think we led by three. He could have cut it to one, and he slipped. And Adam was on the media side, and he told us later that day that the kids that were you know using the using the mops didn't mop an area where a player had fallen that possession before. So I'm pretty sure we like got a little got a little help there. Um, but it was a huge game. We ended up you know we, the next day we beat Davidson, who Davidson like nine days before that beat us by 27 in their own house. We beat them by 20. And then we end up winning the A-10 tournament against Dayton. But these specific games, beating George Mason in 07, beating Richmond in uh, 2015, I remember walking inside the Barclays Center, and this Richmond fan, New York guy, was like, oh, we beat you guys twice in regular season. My dad's walking out. He's like, well, we beat, we di- you didn't beat us now, MFR, like loud as hell. <laughs> in like the little patio area of the Barclays Center where you walk up, everyone's like, yeah. Uh, but awesome win. I remember going to KBH, uh, Kai Beer Hall, whatever his name is, and I remember standing on tables, drunk as hell, I mean, Das boot, the whole deal, and it was an awesome win. It was my senior year, too, so uh, I know all four of us witnessed that game. Awesome game, and then the Davidson game was crazy the next day. But uh, I feel like Mo was throwing bodies around like they were just rag dolls. That entire Davidson game. Oh yeah, they, they those those kind of beautiful. Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, bodies flying around. Melvin Johnson had twenty three points against Richmond. He was our leading scorer, five and nine from three that day. So wow. it went Davidson, Richmond, Dayton. Is that right? Vite, Richmond, Vite, Dave, uh, Dave, Davidson was the one seed, yeah. and Davidson won on a buzzer beater against Lasalle that day. Kalinowski hit like a little floater that bounced off the rim a couple times. Yeah, um, and then we beat Dayton in the final, and that was the um, up to too late. Um, Dougie gets the steal, mm-hmm. uh, gets the lay, uh, Jaquan gets the layup, and then uh, Terry Larrier made four huge free throws against Dayton in that game, like clutch. 
Um, fun tournament. Our only A10 win, and that was a our A10 tournament win, and that was eight years ago. Yeah, I remember it. And shout out to Connor for putting that memory back into my mind. I do remember looking at that play and remembering that a guy slipped like the play before and these damn, you know, students that were there didn't want to wipe it down and then Kendall Anthony slipped. So great memory, Connor. I always appreciate you for this week in Ram history. And now it's time for AWOD's Energy. It's time for AWOD's Energy. What about VCU Hoops has AWOD pumped up for this week? So I want to start by saying, you know, the biggest part of my energy for this week is the fact that VCU finished the season strong and didn't lose the final regular season game. So we have a ton of momentum going into the tournament. But the real thing that I'm hyped for and I have energy for is that we have a game that gives us all a reason to watch the pillow fight, gives us a reason to watch Wednesday basketball Thursday and then Saturday and Sunday as we are doing the first ever black and gold fantasy a10 tournament draft i'm looking forward to it let's guys uh connor you want to explain the rules to the audience so uh you know for us four guys here we're gonna pick five players um in snake order if you've ever done a fantasy football or fantasy sport draft snake order so whoever's the first pick uh it goes one two three four four three two one um you pick a player um, but the catch is, and I've done this with the NCAA tournament, is you pick a player and it's points only. We did this definitely our senior year, we, right? When we I, think were it was our, I think it was 2014. It was okay. with the, yeah, I think it was, it was the year we lost to St. Joe's in the title. But, um, for example, in the NCAA tournament, um, if, 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 you, if, there's a, if there's a 14 seed who has the leading score in the nation, it's hard to pick them because may, maybe they average 27 points a game, but the likelihood of them playing multiple games is low. Maybe you want to pick the fifth leading score on the one seed. If you have them making the Final Four, that's five games. They score 10 points a game, all of a sudden you have 50. So there's strategy behind it. Yeah, you can take a pillow fight team, but if they only play one game, you're kind of screwed. But, hey, if you have VCU and Dayton in the title game, t- pick one of their pick their uh, fifth leading score. Um, but it's five guys um, for you know each team – or each each each, each, uh, each individual here gets five guys. Um how do you guys want to? While we're at it, how do you guys want to divide this up? Is it uh, in order? Is it is by age? Or what are you guys thinking? Oh, I like by age. By age, okay, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. So, but, uh, <laughs> but so basically, you kit the points for each person that the points that they score in that game, and they carry over from round to round to round. If you're at home right now listening to the podcast and you want to play along, here's what you do first. First, you fill out a bracket. Then you pick five guys from the league and put together your starting five. You can tweet us at Black and Gold Fan Podcast, and we will track who's the winner from the audience members inside the room, though, inside the studio. Us four, we cannot have the same guys on each roster. So uh, I'm born 12, 26, 92. Where does that put me? 111, 1987. So we, I'm the elder statesman. Are we sure. doing? Are we doing youngest to oldest? Oldest no. to youngest. Oh, give Caleb so the old Caleb, man. Caleb, me, Adam, this, Caleb, me, this. Adam, and Chris. But Chris obviously gets back to. I'm still my 20s. I'm yeah. the youngest here. Oh, he that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually very jealous of that. Me too. I'm telling Three people more I'm days. 29 for four more years. <laughs> All right, so I'll then start. I'll be 35. Right. Yep. Yes, sir. And now it's time for the first ever Black and Gold Fan Podcast Fantasy A10 Tournament Draft. It's time for teams to make their picks. With the first pick. All right. I think first pick is probably a no-brainer. I'm taking Duran Holmes. Makes sense. Uh, I'm going to stick with uh, more likely the first team in the A-10. I'm going to go Ace Baldwin on my first pick. Screw you. I'm going to Mani Kamara. All right, I will go. I'll do James Bishop, leading scorer. 
of GW, the whole conference, 21 points a game. So you get back-to-back, brother. All right. I am going to go with um, Brandon Johns Jr. Ooh, taking a guy off my list. All right, it snakes back to me, and I will – man, do I go based off of, you know, my list here, or do I go based off of – who I like. I'm just going to go with my Rams. My second overall pick is going to be Jalen Deloach. How about that one? Makes sense. Makes okay. sense. I'm going to go Josh Aduro. He was high on my list. Nice pick. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I am going to go give me Day-Day Grant. Ah, good pick, man. If they make a deep tournament run, that's going to look great. Yeah, he's a scorer for sure. All right. Um, And my turn again? Yeah, yeah, yeah it snakes around. Uh, Gibson Jimerson. Yeah, if you can get two games out of him, you could potentially have, you know. 30. Yeah, exactly. Do, do, do. Who am I going to take here? It's kind of the, yeah, it kind of reaches that point. It's how many games do you think certain players are going to yeah, play? Yeah, at this point, you got to guarantee two games from your guy, I feel like. We go Yuri Collins. Like the pick? My I'm, pick? No, it's me. I'm going to go with Brandon Adams, G Dub. All right, Sam Meninga, and then I will go um, Jaden Nunn. Ooh, taking my guy. I like that. Oh, it's back to me for my fourth pick. Wow. All right, so at this point, I'm, I'm just going with my bracket, basically. So if you're following along at home, I have George Mason making a run to the semifinals and losing to VCU. So I'll go with Victor Bailey Jr. of the Patriots. All right. Connor? My fourth pick could be Brea for Dayton. Ooh. I was actually thinking about that. <laughs> You're so soft-spoken today. <laughs> Is it me? Yeah, it's your fourth pick. <laughs> Is it me? <laughs> that's just that's me? just him stalling right now, right? Yeah, Is it just, me? It's me did, thinking. Did you guys already pick Kamara? Are we sure about that? I think um You want to trade? <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh Eric Reynolds. I think it's gonna be one game, maybe two. But uh, but you think he I think could he drops like a, a thirty ball in that game. You have no whether it's efficient or not. You're just getting points. You know? right. like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely understand that one. So you went you went Eric Reynolds and who? Um, oh you, yeah, you didn't go back to back. Oh shoot, yeah, yeah. Because right. um, you're closing it out here. This is your fifth guy, right? No, this is my fourth. That was that was your fourth. Eric Reynolds was your fourth. Uh, yeah, I think this is your fifth. Uh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, give me Daryl Banks. Yeah, if he can play two games, he could really throw up some points in this game. I didn't even games. have him on my list. I'm up. Who am I thinking here? Maybe maybe just like a volume score. I'll go Tyler Burton. He can give me two games. I'm, I'll, I'll be satisfied with that. Um, has anybody picked Jimmy Clark the third? No. So I'm going back and forth between Clark the third and Jameer Watkins. Can we get an open discussion on, on this real quick? What do you guys think? No, I mean, it's your decision. You just want me to pick here? Yeah. Caleb, Caleb, give me a little insight into what you're thinking. Come on. Come on. I Trey Clark. You want sure points? I think you get Trey Clark. I'm going. His usage is way higher. I'm going Jimmy Clark the third, as I have Duquesne making a run to the finals. Yeah. Yeah. All right, me. Yeah. And I got back-to-back. I'll go 
Yeah, because we should we should make it six picks. Because if, if if this was our fifth pick, Chris would have totally had an unfair advantage. Because he would have like it should snake back for you should have a six man. Does that okay. sound good, guys? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just realized that. I totally realized that like, you would have totally gotten screwed. Uh, oh, damn, I just deleted my list. Hold on a second, let me bring it back up. All right, we can do a six man. Yeah, that's fine. So Chris, you have your fifth pick, and then you'll lead off the sixth round, and we'll close it out there. So it'll be twenty four players total. Okay. Does I'll, he have to be a bench player, or can I pick a starter as my six man? Uh, you, you, we're just saying a six player. I mean, you know, it was figure of speech. You Doesn't matter height or anything. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it could be, could be a point guard. I just, it could be a I wouldn't, guard. I just wouldn't pick a Brown Freeman for Rhode Island because he's not with the program anymore. But that's that's just my suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my pick. Can I get Fat Billups? Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go David Shriver. Ooh, I like that. Nice. And I'm gonna go. I'm debating Malachi Smith or Kobe Elvis. I forget which guy got hurt. Uh, Kobe Elvis just got hurt. Okay, I'll go Malachi Smith. And- <laughs> Just I just said that because I wanted Kobe Elvis. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's back to me. Yep. Did uh, Francis Okoro get picked? No. That's my guy. All right. To bales. It's kind of a, you know, you, you reach the point it's kind of flyers. You know, not not dating flyers, to clarify. Just kind of a, you, you want to take a flyer on someone. Yeah. You know what? I'm a... He's been like one of the best players in the A10, in A10 play. I'm gonna Khalid Moore for Fordham. Yeah, I, I had him on my list really high, but I, I just am, I'm so scared that Fordham only plays one. It's one game, and done. Yeah, you know? that's a tough thing with some of these teams. If you don't like St. Louis or Mason or some, or you know, it's tough. Yeah. All right, so to close it out, Mr. Javante Perkins. Mr. Irrelevant, Javante Perkins. All right, let's go through it here. I'll start with my starting five, and then my sixth man here for the official A10 fantasy draft. I've got Tumani Kamara. Brendan Adams, Jalen Deloach, Victor Bailey Jr., Jimmy Clark III, and Francis Okoro. A little bit of everything in there. I got a Dayton guy. I got a G-Dub. I've got a VCU guy. I wish I had two VCU guys. Um, But, yeah, I feel pretty good about my picks as long as Duquesne makes a run. All right. I got uh, Deron Holmes, Day-Day Grant, Javante Perkins, Eric Reynolds, Daryl Banks, and coming off the bench. Is that it? Uh, Gibson Jimerson, did I say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had, you had yeah, I, I, uh, Javante I, Perkins. Yeah. I, think Perkins. You, I think you might have the strongest unit there, but if, if you get an upset, you're screwed. Uh, yeah, I have some. Yeah, I have some potential landmines there. Yeah, like if St. Louis or someone were to just play one. Yeah, game. if St. Louis lost or yeah. Um, so I got I got a uh, I got Ace with my first pick. I took a Dura on the back end. Uh, Yuri Collins, Kobe Brea, Tyler Burton. You know, so and if if. if what happens with Richmond, like what Chris picked, I'm, I'm, I'll be in good shape. But, you know, Burton's in a situation where you, if he plays in the pillow fight game, gets a win, you might be able to get two games. Um, and then I, I closed it out with Khalid Moore, the Georgia Tech transfer for Fordham. And I did James Bishop, Sam Menanga, Malachi Smith, and then three Rams, Brandon Johns Jr., Jaden Nunn, David Shriver. Yeah, I, I like that strategy of going with three VCU guys. Now, it does suck that you won't have basically any points until Thursday. Right, so you're gonna have to come from behind. But if VCU makes the title game, you might have this thing locked up. Right. So this was a lot of fun to do. You've been listening to the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. You can get in touch with us on social media at Black Gold Fan Pod, and that's where you can also send us a voicemail. This one comes in to us today uh, via snail mail from Connor's brother, <laughs> Big Mike. This is uh, Michael Bailey, aka Big Mike. A huge fan of the podcast and huge fan of uh, VCU basketball since 1988. Very happy about the uh, season this year. Didn't expect this huge run that we went on. Looking forward to Brooklyn. Unfortunately, I cannot make it this uh, season. 
hopefully that we can pull it out. The one thing I guess I am worried about is our offense would go in those walls at times. Just get your theory on that. Answer any questions. I guess um, one thing I am worried about is our three-point shooting at times and also worried about our foul shooting at times. Uh, give me an answer on that and uh, keep up the good work with the podcast. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say regarding the three-point shooting uh, besides Shriver, and I guess none has been really good at that as well. Uh, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Shout out to Big Mike, who's been listening to the podcast since it debuted a few months ago. I'd love to talk some 90s VCU with him because I have absolutely zero 90s VCU basketball knowledge. Yeah, Michael, my man, thank you for the call. It was uh, very kind of you. Um, hope to catch up soon. But uh, to answer your question, should I start answering the Go question? Let it roll. So I think that uh, you, you, you brought up the question about our three-point shooting, which is super valid. I think that we can go uh, really hot like we did against GW and shoot 46% from three, or we can go for one of those nights where we literally hit nothing or go one for nine or one for 11. The silver lining is we have proven that we can win when we are not hitting the three-point shot. Are we a lot better when we do? Yes, but I think the short answer is I think that we can survive uh, from our defense and scoring down low without being hot from deep. Um, but as we've seen in the past you know, eight games or so, we are at our best when we're sharing the ball. So it all starts with ace ball, and when we have to keep the ball hot on the perimeter, trust our teammates and find the open guy. Um, free throws, I, we're actually we're shooting about 70% on the year, which isn't close to our best as a program, but we're doing a pretty good job, and the people that – the players that have sagged our rating down, our, our percentage down a little bit, are actually starting to shoot the free throw better. Jalen Deloach is the first guy that comes to mind. Brandon Johns is a good free throw shooter. He's clanked some recently. I expect him to get back to normal there. Jaden Nunn, one of our best shooters. I think he's going to shoot the free throw better. Um, I trust him. Ace is 80% free throw shooter. He's solid. Uh, Jameer actually has shot, the, has shot free throws well lately. I think free throws are okay. And obviously – Come March, you have to be hitting the free throw, uh, free throws because you know in the end they are free and super important. So that's what I think. Uh, appreciate the voicemail, Mike. Uh, so Mike's born in '80. He said since '88, uh, the significance of 1988. We BCU played a uh, hosted an NIT game against Southern Miss um, that year. Uh, we won, an, I think it was double overtime. Mike could clarify. My understanding from my dad is that every time out he had to take my brother to the bathroom because he drank too many Cokes that night. <laughs> um, so, like, my brother, eight years old, you know how Mike is, but, like, imagine at eight years old him just having to, having to piss. It's funny. So that's why he said 88. Um, just but so that's, uh, like, the first game that he remembers. Yeah, going I, I think he remembers some – I mean, that was, like, the first big game because it was a big – because NIT was kind of – it was kind of a lot more, more important back in the day. P- people forget the NIT was bigger than the NCAA tournament back in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. Bet you never heard of that before. No, I knew that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, but y'all, that was yeah, a joke. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, it's, like, it's, like, it's a total, total like, Twitter joke now. Yeah. But uh, it, it was more appreciated in the 80s. Anyways, um, but, you know, asking good questions. When I was on the podcast with the Midtown Mad- Madness guys at St. Louis, they kind of made a joke. They were like, you know, every fan base says you go on offensive walls. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of true. But um, it, specifically the three-point shooting, um, you make a good point. I what you said, Caleb, we've proved we can win even we're not hot from deep. I do agree that that's hard to do for three games in four days on a neutral site. Um, I think you can get away with one or two games, especially it depends on the defenses. The, the, our first game, the defenses we're playing are not are not great. But um, in Fort Worth, St. Louis doesn't have a very good defense. George Mason's got a better defense, especially with, with uh, ticket gains back. But if you have to play Dayton or Fordham in the A-10 title, you've got to hit, start hitting three. So I do agree. I do agree with the sense we can find ways to win. 
you don't want to do that for three three straight games. Um, free throw shooting is a great question. And it's weird. You mentioned uh, Caleb kind of beat me too and mentioned some of the guys. Jaden Nunn is a good free throw shooter when he's not taking a one one and one. When he, the front of the one and one he always misses, and even Deloach has gotten better. Um, but I will agree, late in the game. It, it, you, know, you look at the Dayton home game and the Bonometro home game, we missed like four front and one one and ones in those games. It's not as much late in the game. It's early in the game when you have a chance to either get closer or, 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 or you know put more points in the board before halftime and stuff. So that's something you got to watch in these – it's a neutral site game. This is season th- – this is the third part of the season. You have the non-con, you have the conference play. A lot of teams that had stress all year, maybe like a team like Dayton, Dayton's been stressed all year. Maybe that they play loose. Maybe bon- uh, Davidson kind of lost a lot of close games. They can play loose in Brooklyn. Um so you need to avoid the scoring droughts, and we've got to hit free throws. Yeah, that's my biggest like concern, like a uh, vision of how the game will play out. Like if we're cold from three, struggling, no one to give the ball to, like go score. We're just like we're one for eight from three, and we're down like five in the second half against the Bonnies or Davidson, and we're missing free throws. Like then everyone starts to tighten up. The one seed has all the pressure, so I, I'm afraid of it too, Big Mike. It's not just you. Okay. Longest pod of the year as we begin the postseason playoff pod here on the Black and Gold Fan Podcast, but we're not done yet. Time for final thoughts, and my final thoughts, guys, do we win at GW without Shriver's threes in the second half? I say yes because I think the game changed, and it became an offensive crazy game, which allowed GW to come back right with their two scorers, Adams and Bishop. And so I do think... It ends up being probably a two- or four-point game like it kind of ended up being anyway. But I do think VCU would have still won without Shriver's threes. We loved his threes, but it opened up the game completely, and our defense kind of faulted. Yeah, I think we we kind of just went to sleep at the wheel there for a minute. Um, and like you said, yeah, I mean, we've, the threes allowed us to build almost a 20-point lead, and the guys just maybe lacked a little focus there, um, which, you know, you hope to avoid. But – you know, in the end, it's it's sweet to see us build a lead like that. We just got to hold on to it. I, I think Caleb pretty much said what I was going to say. Um, kind of, I think we were going to grind it out anyway. Then Shriver goes three bird on us and, and creates some separation. Um, that's kind of my thought on the GW game. Final thoughts, Caleb? On the season? On the pod. On the pod. <laughs> well, my first thought is it's been awesome. It's been very fun. I thought we were just getting drinks and look at us now. <laughs> so yeah, it's been great and uh, really appreciate the opportunity and uh, thank everyone for listening. Um, certainly hope to continue uh, hopefully with a few more episodes, right? Yeah. So uh, I just think that uh, awesome season, uh, a lot of grit and toughness. And I think we really epitomized what Coach Rhodes is all about. Um, there's certainly some things that we can tweak. Um you know, from players uh, from a program perspective all over the place. Uh, but I think that we're in good hands, and I love the trajectory that the program's on. Uh, final thoughts, kind of similar to what Caleb was saying. Um, this is regarding the pod, my first thought. Um, kind of awesome. And like I said, Adam moved back from, uh, from the D.C. area. was my roommate in college, and we started chatting about a pod. And I said, I, I could only do it if buddy Chris and buddy Caleb would be down because, you know, he knows Chris and Caleb knows, but, you know, we've become tight with the basketball. So it's been awesome you were at the pod. Um, one thing I'll say is one of the cool feeling is at, at the Fordham game, the homecoming game, guy sits behind me, uh, front of the pod, James Wallace, just goes, I'm listening to the pod, points at me. And I, I know him. We don't, you know, we know each other from basketball and stuff, but he just knows we have a podcast. And I've had two people direct message me on Twitter, my personal Twitter account saying, hey, is the pod get uploaded tonight? I think it was, <laughs> I think it was the weekend we, um, the, the Super Bowl weekend where we took a weekend off because yeah. VCU was off. We got and, people fiending. Yeah, and I'm like, because I've done that with 
podcasts before. I'm like keeping taking a look at them. Hey, when are they going to upload? So that's an awesome feeling. Um, you know, spread the news. Big Mike who left left the voicemails and spread it to some friends. Um, my that that's my pod related thought. My basketball related thought. Um, so VCU joined the A10, uh, the 2012, 2013 season. So three years while coach Mart was head coach and two years while Will Wade was head coach. Um, those five years we made the A10 championship all five years. That is, I, I don't feel like that should just naturally be a standard. That is incredibly hard to do. Uh, it was awesome that it happened. It happened four times as a two seed and we lost all four of those tournaments. Um, the one year we won it was as a five seed, our senior year, 2015. Um, that is incredibly hard to do. That was, it, eventually it was going to fall. Whoever was going to be head coach. Um, the current coaching staff, their first year, 2017-2018, finished top for fifth, but were an eight seed. Won the 8-9 game against Dayton, lost to Rhode Island. Played a tough game, but Rhode Island was incredibly stacked. Top 25 team, seven seed in the NCAA tournament. Next year, we're a one seed. We lose to Rhode Island in the in the uh, quarters. Bummer of a loss. Kind of, you know, it, it, it was bad luck because Marcus Evans got hurt. We were up like eight or nine with, what, four minutes to go in the first half? It was close. Um, a bummer loss. 2020, that didn't happen. 2021, awesome. We make the, we make the semifinal or we make the finals. We also played those games at the Seagull Center, and even if we didn't play at the Seagull Center, we still these were not on new, straight up neutral courts, and there were no fans. And the last year as a three seed, we went out early to Richmond. Richmond had an unbelievable weekend. You give them credit. They also that was their one game where they actually really played well. They kind of pulled one out of their butts against Rhodey. Definitely pulled one out of their butts against Dayton. And the Davidson game, they had some magic on um, Selection Sunday. Um, the coaching staff really look. A10 tournament. It'll be it'll be it'll be pressure packed and stuff. You go to the final. You play a tough game against Dayton. Things happen. If they lose Thursday, I will say my, my, my theory is you're going to have a lot of fans kind of questioning, hey, you can win in the regular season. Can you win when it counts? And that's kind of my, my message to the team, coaching staff. You got to show, hey, we need to win games in the conference tournaments. And it starts with Thursday against Davis and, or uh, St. Bonaventure. And well, that was why I said there's no way that we don't have a double digit lead at halftime in that opening game. And that's about, and that's about, that's kind of what I was saying. It's just, you know, we've had two early losses, one of them bad break with Marcus Evans. But last year, you know, some of these guys remember that. Um, you got to come out, you got to show that, hey, conference tournaments, big games, the staff and this team can win. Jalen Deloach has been talking about the loss last year all season long in the press conference. He wants that win. Real quick, last thought from the professor here, just a little case, VCU Hoops. It's a tweet I'm reading from Coach Roos. VCU Hoops 24-7, and won the 8-10 by three games, won eight straight road games to end the season, won 19 of the last 22. The announcers were making the case for us on the broadcast in the Friday ESPN2 game um, saying VCU's hot as anyone in the country. Also, no Ace Baldwin gets forgotten in versus ASU, Pitt, or Memphis, correct? Memphis? Yes. Yes. And gave, also, yeah. De, on Jacksonville, no Deloach, which is a huge loss, and we didn't really realize at the time. So Definitely. we were injured in a he, number of huge games, and committee do the right thing. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying yeah. if Pittsburgh wins the ACC, there's just no way you can't put VCU in at that point, even though I could see the committee going against us. Lastly, yes. <laughs> I want to end the pod by going around the room and each of us pick a number. Pick a number, pick a number, pick a number. Five. How many <laughs> more games does VCU play this season? Caleb. Four. I'm going to go four, and that's all. My, I'm not going to say anything else. Four. You guys figure out how, how what happens. I said five before I knew the question, so I'll stick with that. I'm sticking <laughs> with five, too. Let's go. All right. We'll say whatever games. I mean, uh, people could play. It could be NIT. could be CBI. We're hoping it's NCAA. It's not going to be CBI. <laughs> We're not paying to play basketball. No, I, know, I, know. I know that for a fact. Go Rams. Go. I appreciate you listening to the show.